This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, everybody. This is Encounter with God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We're about to hit another clue for our quiz. Gemma, what have you got for us? This minor prophetic book contains seven chapters. Okay, so if you turn in your Bibles, pull the car over to the side of the road first, um, and it might be a bit of a disadvantage if you're in a workshop because your boss might be a little bit uh, concerned, but if you're not at work and you can pull over the side of the road and you're not running late, uh, simply go to the part of the Bible that has the minor prophets in it. Start counting chapters. You will have the answer. Seven chapters. Give us a call. 1-800-324-843. There will be a prize coming your way. Christ in Song by Ellen White. Yep. God. Praise God in Song. Praise God in Song by Ellen White is our prize for today. So give us a call right now. 1-800-324-843. Um, and that will be coming your way. Okay, what do you have here? Daniel chapter 9. Okay. Yes. yes. Back into it. Quick review. Daniel chapter 8. You have a prophecy where <clears throat> the angel Gabriel explains what the prophecy is all about. Every detail. Who the ram is, who the two horns are, who the goat is, who the little horn is, who the four horns are, who the great horn was before that. Um how long the prophecy is and what happens at the end of the prophecy. He leaves out one detail, and that is the beginning date. And as a result, there is a jigsaw puzzle here with a missing piece. Mm -hmm. And it makes no sense without that missing piece. And so that missing piece you find in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 25. The from. The from. From this point unto this point. So now we have a starting date for our prophecy. Now, of course, in verse 24, the Bible says, No, therefore, and under sorry, sorry, verse 24 says, 70 weeks are cut off for your people. Well, what are they cut off of? You have to have something bigger to, to cut them off of. Obviously, they're cut off for 2300 days. That's the only option that the Bible gives you. <clears throat> and so you've got these uh, 70 weeks or 490 days that are cut off of the 2300. Within that time period, a number of things are mentioned that will take place, including the earthly ministry of Jesus and the beginning of his heavenly ministry. Yes. In the sanctuary in heaven, which is where the cleansing of the sanctuary, the judgment will take place at the end of that 2,300 day year prophecy, because a day symbolizes a year in Bible prophecy. Okay, so then yesterday we looked at verse 25 where it says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem unto Messiah will be 69 weeks. That's 483 days. Hmm. 483 days equals 483 years. So if you find the command to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem, you simply go forward 483 years and that's going to bring you to Messiah. What's interesting is that Jesus is known by at least four different names in the book of Daniel and a host of different names in the Bible. <clears throat> but the Bible is always specific when it uses certain names for Jesus. Yes. And here it uses the word Messiah. Yep. My version it does not says, use the word Son of God, does not say Son of Man, any of those other names or titles. 
it says Messiah. My version says the anointed one, which is basically... Ah, even more specific again. Yeah. So here we find your thought translation. When it comes to these things, is actually more of a word translation. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of weird how they move backwards and forwards, but anyway. Yeah. Um, they could have just said Jesus Christ. Yeah. I that would have been a thought tran- a, a true thought translation would have just said Jesus Christ. Yeah, well that's true. Yeah. Because that's what it's referring Yeah, yeah, that's what it's referring to. So yeah, I suppose. Anyway, um we could write our own translation. I am not complaining. <laughs> Bible says the anointed one, if it had said Jesus Christ, it would have been a little bit confusing because Jesus didn't come 483 years after the command to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem. Jesus came in 4 BC, the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem in 457 BC takes you to the year 27 AD. Yes. Ah, but 27 AD was the year in which Jesus was baptized and received the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Very cool. And the word here is the anointed one. Nice. Messiah. Love when it all comes together. Oh, it's just amazing when it all comes together. It's amazing how the Bible all comes together. Okay, so here's what we've got so far. We have 2,300 years, days. So 2,300 days equals 2,300 years. We have a starting point at 457 BC. Yes. We have 70 weeks, 490 days or 490 490 years years that is cut off of the 2,300. Yes. Right? So far, we've talked about 69 of those weeks, because it says 69 weeks, or 483 days, or 483 years, Mm -hmm. from 457 BC to Messiah. Yes. Who comes, bang on time. Mm -hmm. Exactly as the Bible says. (coughs) All right. So then, how much of the prophecy is left? A lot. Okay. How much of the 70-week prophecy is left? Um, if we've done 69, 69, Yeah, one. One. One yeah. week. One week. Yeah. Okay, when we come through to the baptism of Jesus, now if you go back to verse 24, the Bible says that within this time period, some of the things that are to take place are this, to make reconciliation for iniquity and bring in everlasting righteousness. Nice. Can any normal human being bring in everlasting... Can you bring in everlasting righteousness? Oh, I wish. No. (laughs) (laughs) We all wish, right? We all wish. Uh, No. Can you make reconciliation for iniquity? Or I think your translation said atonement? That would be a strong no. That would be a very strong no. uh, Because you did not create the law of God that was broken that that creates what, what what sin is. Only the person who creates the law can pay the penalty for the law. Okay, so if you can't do that and I can't do that, who is the only person who can do that? Jesus. And so far we've dealt with 69 weeks. Still one more to go. There's one week left, which is seven days, Mm -hmm. which is seven years. Mm. And so far, reconciliation for iniquity has not yet been made. No. Because Jesus has not yet died on Calvary. True. So what would we expect to take place during that last week? Jesus to die at some point. We would expect Jesus to die. 
we would expect the sacrificial system to come to an end mm-hmm. um, by the death of Jesus. And you know, those are things that we would expect to take place. Yeah. Let's read on. Let's see whether our expectations will be fulfilled. Verse 26, please, Gemma. After this period of 62 sets of seven, the anointed one will be killed, appearing to have accomplished nothing, and a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple. The end will come with a flood and war, and its miseries are decreed from that time to the very end. Okay. I want you to notice this verse here very clearly. The Bible says, after the 62-week period. Yes. So you've got a seven-week period followed by a 62-week period, which is a 69-week period in total. Mm -hmm. The Bible says after that, after 27 AD, there are two events that are predicted here. Mm -hmm. It does not give us a date for any of those events, but it just says that they will happen after this period. Yeah. What are those two events? Uh, Jesus will be killed. That's right. And armies will destroy the city and the temple. That's also right. In verse 24, when the Bible listed all the different things that would take place within the 70 weeks, verse 24, does it include the killing of Jesus? Well, I mean, it says like... for iniquity? Yeah. Atonement? Yeah, Yeah. that's the the death of Jesus. But what about the destruction of Jerusalem? Is that included in verse 24? I don't... It's not Not explicitly. No, it's not there at all. Yeah, not really. Okay, so here's what you've got. When you come to verse 20, 26, we know that the death of Jesus is going to take place within the 70 weeks, right? Yeah. And so when the Bible says, you know, after this particular time period, Messiah will die, but not for himself. It'll look like he's accomplished nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the city will be destroyed. We know that the death of the Messiah is going to take place within that time period. But the destruction of the city and the temple and so forth, we have no time reference for that whatsoever at all. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And the simple and the simple reality is that the Bible doesn't give us a time reference for the destruction of the city. It just says it'll happen after this. Mm-hmm. However, we now go to verse 27. And verse 27 Ooh. will blow your mind. Okay. Let me read it for you. I'm ready. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. How long is a week? Seven days. What does a day symbolize? A year. Okay, so he will confirm the covenant with many for... Seven years. Seven years. And in the middle of those seven years, he will do what? Put an end to sacrifices and offerings. Put an end to sacrifices and offerings. Okay, 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 okay. I got it. He's gonna. The temple's gonna. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay, okay. Watch this. This, this, this will melt your brain. I'm already kind of. The middle of the week. The middle of seven days is three and a half, right? Yeah. (gasps) Oh no. Okay, so if you go from 27 AD when the prophecy. when the 69 weeks finished and you go to the middle of the next section that's going to bring you to 31 AD guess what happened in 31 AD Jesus died Jesus died on Calvary guess what happened oh. when Jesus died on Calvary he brought an end to the sacrifices yeah because he fulfilled that's why we don't sacrifice lambs today <sighs> oh my brain 
Don't I tell you this it prophecy will, will, will melt? Ah. So, okay, so here's what we've got so far. The Bible gives us a, um, <coughs> excuse me, 49-year time period to the completion of the building of Jerusalem. Yes. Happens on time. Yes. Then the Bible gives you a further 434-year uh, time period to the coming of Messiah. Mm-hmm. Happens on time. Messiah. The anointed one. Yep. Jesus is anointed by the Holy Spirit at his baptism. Right when he's meant to be. Then the Bible gives you a three and a half year time period that leads you to the death of Jesus Christ who brings an end to the sacrificial system. Yes. Then there is three and a half years left. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is going to put the icing on the cake for you. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, what the heck with that last three and a half years? Yeah, what's left to there's happen? No, there's no specification here for what happens at the end of that. Or is there? <sighs> I don't know. Is there? I don't think there is. Or is there? Oh, that means there is. Verse okay. 24. 24? First line. Back to 24? Okay. Yep. Hang on. Let me scroll. Maybe the first two lines. A period of 70 sets of seven has been decreed for your people. Ah, stop there. Mm-hmm. 77 or, you know, 70 weeks uh-huh. is decreed for who? Your people. Your people. And? To do? Your city. Okay, your people in your city to do what? To finish their finish rebellion. Finish transgression, make an end of sins, etc., etc. Okay? To confirm the prophetic vision. That, that's, yep. Okay, that's the part we need, is to finish transgression and make an end of sins. Cool. Okay? Because the other parts, the bringing in of everlasting righteousness, the reconciliation for iniquity, the sealing of the vision and the prophecy and the anointing of the most holy, mm-hmm. this has already taken place. Yeah. But basically what God has said is like, okay, I'm going I'm to cut off uh, you know, 490 years for, the, for your people, Daniel, for the Jewish people mm-hmm. to get their act together with God. Yeah. The Jewish people is God's church. So I'm cutting off 490 years for you to be my church. Sweet. Okay. Mm-hmm. That 490 years is going to extend past the death of Christ. And it's going to extend to the AD 34. And something dramatic is going to take place in AD 34. Let's go to Acts chapter 7 and 8. Oh, yes. Okay. (coughs) Sending tingles up and down my spine. (coughs) (laughs) All right. So. Stephen. Before we get to Stephen, it's cut off for 490 years. Mm -hmm. God's church is going to be the Jewish people. Yes. When Jesus is on the mountain of olives and he's about to ascend, he says, like, you know, begin at Jerusalem and then Samaria. Mm-hmm. You know, begin at Jerusalem and then Judea and then Samaria and then the uttermost part of the earth. In other words, begin with Jewish people. Yeah. Start here and work And out. so the gospel remains with the Jewish people mm. after Jesus dies. The Jewish people remain as God's church after Jesus dies. But Jesus says, once you've done Jerusalem... And then you've done, 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 done Judea, <laughs> go to Samaria, and go to the Gentiles. Yes. So in other words, Jesus prophesies a point in the future in which the Christian church will no longer be the Jewish people. It will be the Christian church. Mm-hmm. Global. Yes. Yep. Every nation, language, kindred, tongue, and people. Yep. And that happens exactly in AD 34. And the event that triggers it, nice. as Gemma was just uh, she was heading there, nice. is the stoning of Stephen. Yes. So Stephen was stoned. Yes. He was not taking drugs. 
<laughs> I've given this Bible study a few times and people looked at me like, wow, I didn't know they had drugs back then. I'm like, no, no, not that kind of stone. He was stoned to death. They picked up rocks and threw them at, the, at him until he died. Mm. And the Bible says uh, in chapter 8 and verse 1, and Saul, that's Paul, was consenting to his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which it was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. That's <gasps> Gentiles, except the apostles. Mm-hmm. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made a great lamentation over him, etc., etc. Verse 4, Therefore, those that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Nice. This happens in AD 34. Ooh. This is bang on time. The time for the Jewish people to be God's church comes to an end, and now the Christian church is God's church. Nice. Then you love, it's like ah. this, this prophecy is like every little detail, bang, 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 exactly fulfilled, exactly as you expect it to be fulfilled. It's perfect. Like it literally lines up as it's meant to. And, so and, cool. And, and, and uh, that last week, I love that last week because the centerpiece of that last week is Jesus Christ. The centerpiece of that last week is the Messiah, and the centerpiece of that last week is the cross. Mm. So here you've got the greatest messianic prophecy anywhere in the Bible. It is so clear that there have been many Jewish rabbis who have banned anyone from reading it mm. in the past. And the reason they banned people from reading it is like they read that, it was like, well, you know, Jesus has to be the Messiah. Yeah, because they I know have the to be power. a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah, they know the power that's, that's in the Word, that's in the Bible, <coughs> that's going to show who Jesus actually is. You can't deny it. Yeah. I was preaching this message one time and uh, down in Sydney. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And there was a Jewish uh, doctor, like as in PhD doctor, not medical doctor, uh, who was sitting in the audience with her son. The two of them were sitting there listening. And I'm thinking, this is going to be interesting mm. because, you know, this is the Jewish scriptures and it's going to be very, very challenging for this person because I'm basically going to stand here and say, the Messiah came 2,000 years ago. And mm. so I just forged ahead and I just went through it point by point. Very simple way. All you need is a calculator. And at the end of that presentation, both of them came down the front and said, we want to give our lives to Jesus Christ. Oh, amen. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's huge. Yep. That's huge. Absolutely huge because it's like, how do you deny that? Man. Now, do you think Satan would be disappointed with this prophecy? <laughs> disappointed. Shattered is a weak word. If probably actually this feels. is possibly <laughs> the most destructive prophecy that there is anywhere in Scripture for Satan. Yeah, I want to say probably a little bit more than just disappointed, because this prophecy right here reveals that Jesus is the Messiah, that He can tell the future, that He has supernatural power, that He is God. It directs everybody to Jesus Christ. Hmm. So, if you were Satan, what would you try and do? Uh, you wouldn't want anyone to figure this out. You would not want anybody knowing about this one. And so you'd try and maybe make it about yourself. Yep. And what is fascinating is that so few people know about this prophecy today because Satan has made this prophecy about himself. Which is nuts. Which is just terrifying when you think about it. And so many people have grown up with it and they've just always been told, oh, yeah, this is all about the Antichrist. This is not about the Messiah. This is about Antichrist, the anti-Messiah. And as a result of that, they've all been deceived and they've been pointed away from Jesus. 
The way it happened, I'm going to have to share a little bit of history on this. It goes back to the great Protestant Reformation of the 16th century, because we can understand the, you know, the Jewish people trying to do that, but Satan has been able to find his greatest allies often amongst Christian people. Mm. It goes back to the great Protestant Reformation of the 16th century, in which you had a newly minted organization, a military organization, called the Jesuit Order. Oof that had just been invented, and they were given the work of the Counter-Reformation, in other words, to destroy everything the Reformation was doing, and that is where the guilt goes for this particular change of prophecy. This is In the Midst of the Week, song all about everything we've just been studying about. Daniel and Vision saw a work of evil 2300 years then it would end wicked the little horn who reigns a season then the sanctuary would be cleansed all of god's children wait even prophets daniel 13 years seeking the lord given the starting date now we plot it Finding Messiah Prince at its core In the midst of the week Ending sacrifice Through a sacrifice and mercy Bearing our justice In the midst of the week Ending offering Offering of His life In the midst Trusted Seventy years decreed nation and the end of week for the prince then in the midst cut off desolation we have found his love ever since in the midst of the week and the sacrifice through his sacrifice and mercy bearing our justice in the midst of the week ending offering offering up In the middle of the 2300 days, the 70th week begins In the same year, Messiah the Prince came Messiah means anointed one Jesus was anointed at baptism 27 AD, then three and a half years later Nailed to a tree, see, in the midst of the week 31 AD, he bled for me then came the week's termination 34 AD ended the decree Then when we track it backwards 70 weeks we get 457 BC Beginning of the 2300 Since he's in the middle we trust In the midst of the week and he sacrificed Through his sacrifice and mercy Bearing our justice In the midst of the week ending offering Offering up his
That was the Lesser Light Collective with In the Midst of the Week. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Gemma has another clue for our quiz. I can see our producer is on the phone, is wondering whether somebody's answered or not. We're going to give out another clue anyway, and we'll see what happens. The next clue is, I follow after Jonah and begin with the letter M. Okay. I'm not going to let you look this one up. (laughs) No looking it up. (laughs) What minor prophet comes after Jonah and begins with the letter M? If you know the answer, give us a call 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or text us on 0491-064-669. Okay, so we were talking about how that the devil has tried to cover up this prophecy as hard as he can, pretty much, and make it all about himself. Mm. During the... 16th century had the great Protestant Reformation, which was based on the principles of the Bible alone and salvation by grace alone. And uh, they had an eschatological understanding that was universal across all uh, Reformation churches, and that was that the Roman Catholic Church was the Antichrist, and so the Jesuit order, which was a military order that had been founded by Ignatius Loyola, a Spanish general um, who had been wounded in battle and could no longer fight on the battlefield, was handed the task, more or less by the Council of Trent, of coming up with an alternative eschatological interpretation of the books of Daniel and Revelation. And so you had Louis de Alcazar, who came up with the idea that, you know, this is all about, you know, Antiochus Epiphanes, all that kind of stuff, everything, the Bible, all, all Bible prophecy, you know, in Daniel Revelation was fulfilled during the Roman era. Mm. Uh, he, he essentially took the view that, you know, the supernatural doesn't exist. This is not predictive prophecy. It was written during a later era, and it was recording history. Mm. Kind of along those lines. Which there, just there makes many variations. No sense. Then you had Francisco Ribera who said, no, 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 no. All Bible prophecy, except for one or two chapters in the beginning of the book of Revelation, takes place at the very end of time during a seven-year period. Mm. I've spoken to many evangelicals over the years about this seven-year period. and like, where in the Bible do you find that seven-year period? And none of them can find it in their Bible. I was about to say, gee, that sounds familiar. But yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> You find it right here. Yeah. This is the only place in the Bible you find a seven-year period. However, to make this seven-year period, um, if you t- to, to make this apply to the Antichrist, you have to cut it out of the prophecy, launch it 2,000 years into the future, and place it at the end of time. If you cut it out of the prophecy then you don't have the earthly ministry, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the atonement, the anointing of the temple in heaven. Uh, You don't have any of this taking place, none of it taking place within that time period. You've cut that off. Mm. So it's impossible to cut it off the prophecy because you end the prophecy with, the anointing of Jesus by the Holy Spirit at the time of his baptism, and then you create this mythical gap. And for no reason whatsoever at all, you launch that last week of the prophecy, that last seven years of the prophecy, into the distant future. And you say, oh, you know, the Antichrist lives down at the end of time. Nobody needs to worry about him. Hmm. We'll all be in heaven anyway. Yeah. Now, of course, you had a man by the name of Emmanuel Lukunz who came along in 1816, and he added to this concept of a seven-year tribulation at the end of time. He's like, oh, there's going to be two second comings, two stage second coming, one at the beginning and one at the end. Yes. And then you had 
um, a man by the name of John Nelson Darby who began preaching it, and he founded a cult called the Exclusive Brethren. Mm-hmm. Um, Australia is one of the last bastions. So he founds this cult, and he preaches that He's the first Protestant who actually really starts to preach Francisco Ribera's stuff. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so he starts preaching the seven-year trib. Cyrus Schofield writes it into the study notes. He, he converts Cyrus Schofield, who writes it into study notes into a Bible that sells wildly popular in America, changes the theology of America. Um, Edward Irving is an Anglican priest who picks it up in 1833, starts preaching it in his church. He has a young girl in his church who dabbles in the occult and spiritualism and seances, all those kinds of things, um, has out-of-body experiences and levitations and, you know, is into some pretty dodgy Oof. stuff. It's a bit of a teen girl thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but she does, she's into, and she has a dream one night in which she sees that the first stage of the two-stage second coming with the seven-year trip in the middle is a secret rapture. Nice. All of this developed without a single solitary shred of biblical evidence. Mind blowing. Please show me anywhere in the scripture any justification whatsoever at all to launch that seven-year period into the future. Mm. There is none. There's no logic to it. If you take the flow of the passage, this is written as a piece of Hebrew poetry where you have the concept of repeat and, you know, the prophecy begins. If we go back to Daniel chapter 9 and look at the structure of it. First of all, the subject matter is always assumed in the prophecy and the subject matter is the Messiah, not the Antichrist. And so, you know, it begins off by uh, talking about, you know, Daniel's people. Um, and the Messiah, mm-hmm. and then it goes to, so in verse 24, reconciliation for iniquity, everlasting righteousness is the Messiah, to seal up the vision and prophecy to anoint the most holy. That is the temple. And so the structure is Messiah, city temple, Messiah, city temple in each verse. Yeah. Go to the next verse. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth, the commandment to restore and read Jerusalem unto Messiah. Shall be 62 weeks. The street shall be built in and the wall in troublous times, city temple. After 62 weeks, Messiah will be cut off. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with the flood. So notice the format. Messiah, then city temple. Messiah, then city temple. Who are you going to expect in verse 27? Just when you thought it was going to be the Messiah? The Antichrist. (laughs) Seriously? Sorry. That's what the devil tries to... The devil is desperate to obliterate anything that points us to Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice on Calvary and what he has done for us and his incredible love for us. He is just desperate to get rid of that out of the Bible. Mm. And this is why he invented this mythical Antichrist right here in verse 27 because verse 27 goes on and talks about the city and the temple at the end, just as you would expect it to do so. There is no logic to it. There is no evidence for it. There is no justification for it. There is no passage in the Bible for it. There is absolutely nothing to put that seven-year tribulation at the end of time. And yet, it's taken the world by storm. So many people believe it. Yes. Mm. Okay, so here is your challenge. If this is something that you have a very strong emotional attachment to, and you feel that I have done injustice to Scripture, you have our number, one 800 324 843. 
you have our text number. Get ready to write it down. 0491-064-669. Send me an email, lyle.southwell at gmail.com. That's not hard, L-Y-L-E dot southwell at gmail.com. Contact us through Facebook any which way that you want and show me the evidence as to why you can put that seven-year period in the future. There's your challenge. I'm, I'm, I'm laying down the challenge. Oof. Okay, I'm going to need a little bit of extra time right now because we have got to get back to the best part of this prophecy and the best part of this prophecy is that it begins in 457 BC and it's 2,300 years long and as a result of that, we now have the end date for yes. the prophecy. Yes, we do. I've been waiting all week to finally get to the date. Yes. I asked you before we started off there, are we going to get to this date? Are we going to talk about this? And you were like, absolutely. So we all the other dates. But we haven't got there yet. I'm so excited. And the historical fulfillment of all of the other dates here on this earth, the Bible says, are a seal or a, a guarantee of authenticity for what will take place in heaven where we can't see it. Yes. Okay, you cannot escape the connection between Daniel 8 and Daniel 9. No. And the moment you accept that those two chapters are connected, you are forced to the starting date of 457 BC and you are forced to use day for your principle. Yes. So then you cannot escape the date for the end of the prophecy and that is 1844. October 22nd. October 22, 1844. And if you can find a way around that date, once again, you have our number, 1-800-324-843. And this is why I said you can take any of the signs of the times. We talked about this earlier. Mm -hmm. Earthquakes, pestilences, wars and rumors of wars, increase of knowledge, spread of the gospel, whatever you want, and you can trace all of those things happening down through history until they hit 1844, and then all of them take a very, very steep J-curve going straight up. Mm. because the time of the end has begun. It is happening. Jesus is coming soon. The judgment is taking place, and God has communicated that to us in the clearest possible way that he can. That's what's so exciting about this prophecy. All right, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call if you have questions. Question of the day, send us through your question now or text us on 0491-064-669 or to discuss this most important prophecy. We would love to hear from you. This is uh, Vocal Union with He Will Lead His Children Home. We read and heard a story from the blessed old book How the walls of Jericho, the people marched around And when the trumpet sounded, how the mighty walls shook Walls around the city came a-tumbling down The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled the waters back before old Moses and his men He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he do Never will forsake us, matter not what may come Safely he will lead his faithful children on home The Lord said, Brother Jonah, go to Nineveh land But he disobeyed the Lord by hiding away Then Jonah got converted to obey the command 
From the well the Lord delivered him on that day The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled the waters back before a Moses and his men He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty wind that blew He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do Never will forsake us, matter not what may come Safely he will lead his faithful children on home. The Lord has raised the dead and caused the blinded to see. Cleanse the leper spots and turn the water to wine. The Lord's the same today and now forever will be. There's no other power like the Savior divine. The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den. He rolled the waters back before a Moses and his men. He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin. The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew. He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too. He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do. Never will forsake us, matter not what may come. Safely he will lead his faithful children on home. If what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got back up. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it the care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Welcome back, everybody. That was the Welcome Wagon with Remedy. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, and Gemma is about to mention something about the quiz. We have a winner. Somebody got the correct answer, and the correct answer for the quiz is Micah. The book of Micah is the answer, and congratulations, Eric from South Australia. You have won, which means you are very soon going to get a copy of Praise God in Song, uh, the book written by Ellen White. Fantastic book, covers a lot of what we talked about today in our great debate segment from earlier this morning. So congratulations, Eric, that book is coming your way. Fantastic. What do we got for a question of the day there, Gemma? Okay. I have a question of the day that relates to what we were talking about yesterday. Yes. Okay. So, when we were talking yesterday about judgment and God judging and Jesus judging and the differences and whose role is it to judge, we talked about how there would be a time of judgment for the universe. Yes. And one of my friends was like, well, what does he mean by universe? Does he mean there are aliens out there? Like, you're talking about other worlds, other planets? Like, he was like, Christians don't believe in aliens. What is this? Of course I'm talking about aliens. Okay, cool. Do you want to explain that then? Because there's a good question. The Bible... Okay, so first of all, God is love and God is creative by nature. What do we think? That God just lived in an empty, vast mm-hmm. desert for the whole of eternity and then went one day said, like, I'm going to create one speck of a planet and put life on that but nowhere else in the universe. You know, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, but you do read Genesis. You and I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but you do read Genesis chapter 1 and, you know, the darkness, there was, you know, there was nothing and then there was light and, you know. Yeah, let me read to you the language of Genesis chapter 1. Okay. In fact, now that you, seeing, as, seeing as you brought that up, me, seeing as you went there. there. Oh, I shouldn't have gone there. <laughs> notice what it says. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the st- And he made the stars also. Yeah, okay. Notice it's talking here, God made the, two, you know, the sun and the moon. And then the stars also is an added-on piece. It's not saying that he made them on that day. It's saying that he is also the person who made them. And the thing that was formless and empty is specifically the earth, not the entirety of everything that does exist. It's the earth is specifically formless and empty. Let's read what the Bible says. Let's do a Bible study on this. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, talking about Lucifer's sin in heaven before the creation of our world, because you've got to remember when he came down as a serpent, the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. he was already in rebellion. Yes. So this predates that. Yes. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who, past tense, weakened the nations? Mm. And this is before the Garden of Eden. Okay. Uh, continuing on, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, the Bible says, Then God would use the church to show the powers and authorities in the spiritual world that he has many different kinds of wisdoms. Wisdom. Mm-hmm. Okay, the powers and authorities in the spiritual world. Who are they? They are aliens. Now, we don't usually call them aliens, but an angel is an alien, clearly. Good point. Uh, angels probably. Well, an alien but, is but who something else? that's you're foreign to us, yeah, different exactly, to us. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, you okay, come to enough. Australia from a different country, you're an alien. Uh, let's continue on then with this one. This one's even more interesting. Ephesians 6 verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Watch the language. In heavenly places. Oh, multiple places. like Places throughout oh. the universe. Another one. Wow, that's cool. First Corinthians 4, verse 9. For I think that God has set forth us, the apostles last, as it were, appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle. Watch this. 
because you've got an escalation here. A spectacle to the world. Who's that? Us, the world, yeah. yeah. And to angels. Yeah. Who's that? Heavenly beings, yeah. And men. Um, aren't we, weren't we, we the already men in the were, world? Okay, <laughs> exactly. You would not say I made, I made a spectacle to the world. Sorry, to men, to angels and to men. It's like saying and men and blokes. Yeah, no, that's Same not what thing. I'm saying. <laughs> it's escalating here. It starts on this earth. It goes up to angels and then it goes further. Yeah. So the question, oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Job chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Um, we have this passage here. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where did you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. I remember this passage because it's like okay. he, he's representing earth at this, at this meeting. So what yeah. are the other beings representing? Where did they come from? That's right. I remember this passage. And if they were all from earth, as some people might say, why is he asking Satan where Satan came from? Because God knows. Like, he doesn't need to ask in the first place anyway, exactly. but he's just trying to... Okay, here's another one. Oh, it's good. Revelation 12, 7 through 12. The war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought. They did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Therefore rejoice, O ye heavens. Not heaven. The cosmos, multiple, and you who live, and you who live in them, oh, plural. As in you who live in the multiple heavens that are out there. Oh. That's what it says. I'm just reading what the Bible says. So good. Okay, what about the other planets that are out there? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter one, verse one and two, God, who at various times in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the. Yeah. Worlds. Yeah, universes was made. Not the mm. not the suns, not the stars, but the planets. By faith, we understand that the worlds, plural, were framed by the word of God. The Bible teaches that our universe is full of life. Won't it be exciting one day to explore it and to find out what it's all about? This is Alan Jackson, Blessed Assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine Heir of salvation, purchase of God Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long Perfect submission, perfect delight Visions of rapture now burst on my side Angels descending, ring from above Echoes of mercy, whispers of love This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long 
praising my Savior all the day long. Back with the end of the show. Super sad to be ending off this show. I get sad every morning. We love you guys. But this one's really sad. Why? I'm not going to be back for like two weeks, three weeks. Don't tell people that. Oh, but I'm not. <laughs> okay, I have exciting news. We're going to have somebody new actually on, on uh, Monday, so that's going to be amazing. Anyway, uh, Gemma. Yes. What are we giving away at the end of our show today? <laughs> we are giving away a copy of the book To Know God. Did I five... say something funny? Well, Shell's cracking up in the background. I think I said something wrong. Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> tell us about the book. Free book. First caller through. <laughs> <laughs> um, to Know God, book by Morris Veden, Five Days Plan to Know God. Fantastic book, little devotional thing, five days uh, in developing your relationship with God. Yeah, good book. So, yeah, we're, we're totally miss, free. We're going to miss you for a couple of weeks, Gemma. Thanks. We'll be looking forward <laughs> to you coming back. It'll be, be nice to have you back. Anyway, if you'd like to uh, get this little devotional book called To Know God, give us a call right now, 1-800-FAITH-FM. That is 1-800-324-843. You can text us on 0491-064-669 to get your free copy. Just be the first caller through. And don't forget, we always like to encourage people to study the Bible wherever you are. You can do my Bible study course. Uh, We can set you up with that with the Discovery Center. It's called The Prophetic Code. Uh, Just give us a call here on that number and we can set that up for you. But as we come to the end of our show... And coming up next week, Callum Entman is going to be here for an interview. It's going to be fun. Awesome. And right now, talk faith, live faith, and act faith. God be with you till we meet again.
pure as glass Reflected miles of golden roads I heard angels singing holy, holy Glory to the Lamb, the only King When I saw my Jesus on His throne I fell down upon my knees is all gone into new Jerusalem I come beyond beyond the final victory is won by his mercy I walk on beyond 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 imagination's wildest dreams Expectations of supreme. Oh, that holy city, fit only for His Majesty, to reign for all eternity. Beyond, beyond, where the darkness is all gone into. Require. 
Just leave.